We will reread from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. These verses are talking about how a Christian should live and appear to all who observe. It speaks of those who were called out of darkness by him into this glorious gospel, this marvelous light, and it is marvelous. It said people who were not a people, but are now the people of God. Thank God for that. If you're a Christian, you are the people of God this morning. What a blessed privilege that is. We're so thankful for Jesus, who so willingly came to earth to be our Savior. It was said in one place, Emmanuel, God with us. He said, He shall save His people from their sins. That's calling us out of that Darkness into his marvelous light. But thank God, many here have obtained it. If you have not, you can this very morning. You can be grafted into that true vine. Before any of us found the Lord, no matter how differently we might have felt about it, we didn't belong. We, we, we try to maybe fit in. And I'm just wondering if anybody here has felt like they don't belong before. I know, and I can say probably with all confidence, everyone has felt that way. Years ago, I was on the bank of a lake watching ducks and geese fly in and out. And, I remember seeing a large flock of geese take off from the lake, but what caught my eye was there was one different goose. It was a large flock of Canadian honkers, and there was one snow goose that tried to fly with them. He wanted to be part of that big flock, maybe for security, who knows, but uh, he was just trying to stay in their formation, and one by one, those other geese would come on top of him and hit him down, knock him down right out in the air. But he repeatedly would try to climb back into that V and be part of that group. And uh, they knew he was different. And, and they weren't taking too kindly of him. I don't know what it really would have hurt, but they didn't want him there. And the poor guy just wanted to be a part of the flock. But he didn't fit in. I suppose most of us could relate to that ourselves. Some one point of our life or another where we just didn't fit in. You know, Jesus didn't fit in with those of the world. King Herod wanted to take his right life right from the beginning. He, he felt threatened by him. He's going to try to take my kingdom. And on and on... Uh, People tried to get rid of Jesus. 
because he didn't fit in with their ideas, their philosophies, and their way of living. In fact, he condemned their way of living. But Jesus came to be even their Savior. I know that I sure didn't fit in growing up, being raised around this marvelous light. I, I knew right from wrong at a very, very early age. And when I did something that I knew I wasn't supposed to, it wasn't fun. It was supposed to be fun. But it wasn't fun because it was convicting to me. The conscience would kick in. And these things you're supposed to be able to enjoy were not enjoyable. And I'm thankful for that now. But at the time, I remember thinking, why can't I just have the fun that it seems like other people have? People seem to be enjoying themselves. You know what I didn't know is they probably weren't enjoying themselves either. Everyone just acting like it. But however, I wanted to fit in with my friends at school. I sure didn't want to be peculiar. But uh, peer pressure is a very, very real thing. And I experienced that. Yet on the other hand, I didn't want to be at church and have people think I was a bad person either. You see, I was caught somewhere in the middle and I wanted to fit everywhere, but I didn't fit anywhere. I was in big crowds here and at school, yet I felt alone, surrounded by people. You ever felt that way? You just feel like there's everyone around me, but I feel just like I'm all alone. I remember it kind of came to focus to me once when we were in Woodlake. One of our Sunday school students played on the high school football team. And he came to me that one Sunday. He said, will you come watch me play? And and uh, he didn't come from that great of a family. And I thought, well, I'll go support you. His name was Ray. And um, I'll tell you this, Woodlake didn't have a lot of success while we were there. But uh, this particular game, I went and watched, and they won. And all the players were out on the field afterwards and everyone's congratulating each other. And I was just kind of sitting in the stands, kind of watching the whole thing, observing what happened. And I saw Ray out there walking around and he was looking like, who do I celebrate with? Here he had all his teammates around him and they had family members, they had friends. And the one, the one guy, he, he wanted to be happy. But, but he had no one. And I, I, I did. I watched it for a little while, observed, and I thought, well, I probably better get down there. And I went down, and, and when he saw my face, he just lit up, and, and he wanted to give me a big hug. He, he just wanted to celebrate. I thought, you can feel that way. You can have good things happen around you. You can have things uh, that you should be celebrating about, but somehow there's no joy there. I've been there. Frustrating. It's like trying to grip a big handful of sand at the beach up where it's dry and, and just hold on to that and it just goes through your fingers. Well, the Word of God says in Matthew 6.24, no man can serve two Matthew masters. I proved that. You want to know about that? Just ask me. I tried it. It doesn't work. 
The truth is, you can't even serve one master and fit in if it's the wrong master. You feel lonely. You will never feel fill that void in your life, no matter how hard you try, that is meant for the Lord. Only He can fill that void. Only He can make you fit in. I'm so thankful that the Lord was so faithful to me. Because, you know, Scripture says we're allotted one opportunity. The Lord was faithful to give me many opportunities. And in the beginning of the summer, 1984, it was between my junior and senior year of high school, I found myself in that very frustrating position. I found myself... Again, wanting to live like the world, but wanting to act like a Christian. But God was faithful to call me. He, as it says, came to be our Savior. He came to be my Savior too. And He came to be your Savior. But He was calling me to this marvelous light. And one morning, while I was headed out towards the fishing grounds, my little boat was only 16 feet long, shorter than probably one of these altars. It had no windshield. I'll, I'll tell you, I paid $100 for that boat. That'll tell you what kind of boat it was. And uh, my parents paid more than that for uh, an outboard engine that just had the tiller arm. I didn't have a steering wheel, nothing. It was, you want to talk about simple, it was simple. And uh, I would go out in the ocean and commercial fish in that little thing. And really pretty fearless until something bad happened. And this particular morning, as I was shooting out, the tide was changing. And where the Straits of Juan de Fuca meet the Pacific Ocean, it makes a very big tide rip when those tides, when the waters meet each other. And I was used to that. Actually, I've seen a lot larger waves in there. But uh, this particular morning, as I was skipping along, I, I, I knew I better slow down a little bit. And a big wave came, and I saw a wall of water coming at me. And normally, I would just float over the top of it, just like it was a cork. It would just go right over those. But this one was so big and so steep, and it was combing over the top that it came right over the bow and flooded that boat. And I was standing in probably 10 inches of water instantly, and it began to roll over. And I quickly jumped to the other side, and it started to roll that way. And so back and forth, I was going, just trying to keep the balance of that boat, I had a life jacket stuffed safely up under the bow where I couldn't get to it. I didn't have, well, we didn't have cell phones at that point yet. And uh, I had a CB radio that did not work. I was out there alone. I was worried that another wave would come along and flip me the rest of the way over. Looking around, there was not another boat in sight. And 
where I was was a couple miles offshore, way too far to swim for it if I had to. But uh, I just felt this helpless, lost, alone feeling. And, and I saw, you know, people say, you see your life go before you. Well, I don't know if I saw it all go before me, but I sure worried for it. I sure worried that uh, it was going to be taken there. And I would add, not only was I alone and in danger, but I felt uh, that frustrated didn't fit in anywhere, unsaved condition. Why I knew where I stood with the Lord and it wasn't good. I knew I needed Him desperately. And as I kept jumping back and forth, I grabbed the only thing that I could find. It was a little Tupperware container about half the size of one of these Kleenex boxes. And uh, there was bait in that. It, priorities changed quick. That went out. And it was throwing water out as fast as it could go. But uh, I, I said I was all alone. But I wasn't all alone. The Lord was there. You know, He was talking to my soul. He was talking to my heart in a way that I suppose uh, only I would, well, I guess anybody would listen in that condition, but he had my attention. He knew how to get a hold of my attention, and I was in a listening mood, but uh, he was there, and and I remember uh, looking at that situation thinking, uh, Lord, if you'll just help me, if you will just somehow help me, I knew I was in trouble. And I needed help. And He was right there. I've often thought of Peter's prayer when he was sinking, when he walked to the Lord out on the water, why his prayer was short. He said, Lord, save me. You know, my prayer was a little bit longer than that. But it had the same desperate cry involved in it. Lord, help me here. Lord, I I need You. And I I need You now. God is so faithful. He did help me there. Later that same summer, just across the street here at our annual camp meeting, 1984, the Lord, this is only weeks after this happened, the, the Lord was right there and reminding me of what he did for me out on the water. And, and you know, the, the enemy of the soul was right there to battle me too and say, well, you don't really need to do that. And he told me all kinds of lies. He said, so what are the people who think you are, that, that you've made think you were saved going to think of you when you tell them you weren't? And, uh, you know, that was all a lie. But I remember as that service went forward the second Sunday of camp meeting, and I remember the battle going on in my heart, and and I I, I told the Lord I just want to go and pray. But there was something there resisting that. But I, I finally got to the place where I thought, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care uh, how hard it is to go up. I I just want to get this heavy load of sin off my shoulders. And as I made my uh, way out of that aisle in those chairs towards the altar, I I just felt like the Lord was right there helping me walk the rest of the way. I I just felt like, oh, He met me more than halfway. He he was there and, and He made the rest of the way easy. 
Like He paved the way for me. I, I took the first step and the Lord was right there to say, here, I'll take you the rest of the way. And He was there and He was faithful. And as I went there and I prayed that sinner's prayer, oh, I remember how the peace of God flooded my soul and that empty void that was there, that feeling that I don't fit in, it all changed in a moment. You know what I had really wanted my whole life was that feeling that I felt right there the day the Lord came into my heart. That's what I really wanted. Oh, the Lord took all that void. He he took away that darkness. And He filled me with His marvelous light right there. I, I don't know how I missed it before. Just marvels me how I could have missed that. Oh, but God was faithful and He changed my heart in just that quick moment. His love and joy came in. What, what a wonderful change. What, what a joy. I, I can't even fully explain it to you. I wish I could the way it happened because I know you would have to have it. I know you would have to say, I'm going to do this as well. It's hard to believe it's been over 35 years since that day. But that's long enough for me to say, with all confidence, the Lord can keep you. The Lord doesn't only just want to save you, but He can keep you. And He wants to keep you, and He will. You just hold on to His hand. wasn't much longer after that. Right over here in the youth chapel, the Lord sanctified me. Oh, what another wonderful experience. Why, it felt like almost getting saved all over again. Just, But I remember the cleanness that I felt. Just the, that holiness when the Lord came in and even driving down 82nd and, and seeing some of the billboards thinking, how did I not notice how bad those were before? But the Lord, He just has a way of coming in and making you feel all clean when He sanctifies you. Then later, He gave me my baptism. The Lord loves everyone here. The Lord wants to see everyone come into His marvelous light. If you're tired of sin, if you're tired of the frustration that it brings, come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. If you're feeling alone, come to Jesus. If you feel like you don't fit in, come to Jesus. We have a mercy seat. These altars are precious. Pray. Even if you don't come to the altar, pray. Pray right where you are. But we have a, a mercy seat. Jesus Christ came to be your Savior. He came to save you from your sin. We have it all right here. Just come. Unload it all before Him this morning. Say, Lord, I need You. You pray that desperation cry yourself. Say, Lord, I need you. He will not disappoint you. He will give you that joy unspeakable and full of glory. He cares this morning and He wants to bring you to Him. Let Him take that darkness out of your life. Let Him fill you with His 
marvelous light this morning. Let's come and pray.